You're listening to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. We want to welcome you to Inside the Pages, a comprehensive Bible study, a look at God's Word. On Tuesday, we are journeying through the book of Ezekiel, and Sunday's the book of Acts. This time, let's go before the Lord in the word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, Lord God, for your goodness. We honor you for your grace and for blessing us to be in your house of prayer and to in your presence, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we know your presence is wherever we are, uh, in our bedrooms, in our, at our dining room tables. Lord Jesus, we drive down the street, Lord God. You said, behold, I'm with you even to the end of the world. We know that you're with us every place on the job, Lord God. And wherever this broadcast is being heard at the moment, we honor you, Lord God, and we pray for those that are listening and those that will hear the, the, the recorded version of it later, Lord God, that you would bless and have your way. Bless, Lord God, each one under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we want to welcome you to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. We thank God for your presence. Thank God for your listening ear and your desire to hear the word of God. For an archive of our messages, you can go to connectingtruth.org and click God on Demand. Uh, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus name. I want to direct your attention to Ezekiel, the 20th chapter. We're coming to the end of this chapter. And uh, I'm just going to say this again, but Ezekiel had a very hard task. Uh, not that it, that any other of the prophets did not experience and have a hard task ahead of them, but Ezekiel had a very hard task. And so the Bible tells us in the 20th chapter, beginning at the 40th, this will be the 40th through the 49th verse that I'm reading. It says your offerings and the first fruits of your oblation with all your holy things. For in my holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, said the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land serve me. There will I accept them and there will I require. I will accept you with your sweet savior when I bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries wherein ye have been scattered. And I will, sanct and I will be sanctified in you before the heathen. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I shall bring you into the land of Israel into the country for which I lift up my hand to give it to your fathers. And there shall ye remember your ways and all your doings wherein ye have been defiled, and ye shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for all your evil that ye have committed. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have wrought with you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings, O ye house of Israel, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set thy face toward the south, and drop thy word toward the south, and prophesy against the forks of the south field, and say to the forests of the south, Hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will kindle a fire in thee, and it shall devour every green tree in thee, and every dry tree. The flaming flame shall not be quenched, and all faces from the south to the north shall be burned therein. And all flesh shall see that I am the Lord, have kindled it, it shall not be quenched. Then said I, oh, Lord God, they say of me, doeth he not speak parables? Let me reiterate something that I see here from the word of God, and that is the fact that God has dropped the word. I know this is Tuesday Bible class, but uh, uh, but someone, uh, you just need to, uh, those of you that you have your cell phones, you have your tablets and different things, uh, I, I believe in, in those tools and that is my vocation. And, and so, uh, you know, sometimes you need to just let people know uh, through those medias and through the tools that you have and that God has dropped the word. It's all right. You can you can text someone, but we're not one of those churches where you can't text someone that if something has been said from the word of God and, and you want to share it with somebody, you should text it to them at that moment while it's fresh in your mind. And so you should text someone and let them know that God has dropped the word in the midst of confusion. I'm not going to be long tonight, uh, but but I just want you to know that in the midst of confusion, God has dropped the word in the realm of uncertainty. God has dropped the word where there is another agenda plan. God has dropped the word. You may have thought the last word has been spoken, but I want you to know tonight that God has dropped the word. Now, if you remember uh, earlier, God didn't just drop a word, but he painted a sign. For the Bible said uh, that there were those that was crying out because of the offensive things that was being done in the community, that was being done around them, that they had observed, that they heard about, that they found detestable, and they cried out against those things. And God sent his personal secretary. Now, I want you to get this. God sent his personal secretary. Uh, to go down into the city and to place his signature, a personal mark upon all of them that was crying out against the injustice, against the unrighteousness, against the wicked things that was being done. God sent his personal secretary. And you can go back and read this in the ninth chapter of Ezekiel. But God sent his personal secretary. And that, that's what I'm calling him, a personal secretary. Uh, down to those, to the remnant of those that was crying out against unrighteousness and told him to put his signature on them, mark them, and uh, told the other ones, the other messengers that was going forth, that when you see his signature upon them, don't touch them. Well, I want you to know tonight that not only did God paint a word, but God also dropped a word uh, in the 20th chapter here. Uh, for the Bible tells us that the Lord told that told Ezekiel, he said, he said, now let them know that you're offering. Now, we all know what offering is, is when you bring something and you consecrate it and you sacrifice it and you give it unto the Lord, you know, whether it is your service unto him, you know, and, uh, you know, if you involved in ministry as our, our, our singer who's very much involved in the ministry of song, as the psalmist in her own right, it, it sings unto the Lord, whether she's in service or not in service, she's offering up unto the Lord. Amen. And when you bring first fruits of your oblation uh, unto the Lord, your tithing, uh, offering that you brought and, and you presented unto the Lord, 
or when you bring the Bible, listen to what the Bible said. It says when you bring that holy thing, don't you know that when you use the word uh, as God is using it, when he says that holy thing, it embodies any and everything that you brought as a sacrifice unto God. When you brought your emotions unto God, that became a holy thing. When you brought your mentality unto God, that became a holy thing. When you walk through the door, even in your physical clothing that you put on for this service, you presented yourself as a holy being unto the Lord. Now, somebody might say, well, your clothes don't have nothing to do with it. God said, come as you are. He was talking about your heart. Uh, the Bible, in other words, do the best that you can, because at the best thing that you do, God knows how to take it. And it becomes a holy thing. Bless your Lord Jesus. He said the holy thing that you present that in his mountain, his sanctuary. Amen. The holy thing in the height of Israel. God said that he will receive it, that he will accept that thing. And not only will he accept it, but he's going to make it mandatory. It's required. In other words, what you do for God, he looks at it and says, you know what? That's a good thing. A matter of fact, that's a regular thing in your life now. That's something that I'm going to bless. Every time you do it, I'm going to bless it. And so I want you to know that that holy thing that you do, that offering that you present unto the Lord, uh, that oblation that you present unto him, that thing that you do that has gotten God's attention, God has saw it in the midst of everything else that was going on. The Lord told Ezekiel, he said, listen, he said, I will accept you with your sweet savior, what you bring unto God in your righteousness, what you bring unto God in that moment of holiness, what you bring unto God with that clear conscience, what you bring unto God in the moment of repentance and remission and, 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 and reconciliation, what you bring unto God in the moment of Lord, here I am. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to bow down. Lord, I, I, I'm here with understanding and, and, and a complete loss of words. I'm here with no understanding because I'll never know what it took and the sins of my sins that was nailed up on the cross. Bless you, Lord God. We've entered into this week where people are, are celebrating Palm uh, Sunday starting and, and, and people are counting down to the time that, that, that symbolic that Christ was crucified. You know, we know our calendars don't line up with the Jewish calendar the day and time exactly, but we're yet celebrating and commemorating uh, this, not just today, but we do it every day. We do it all the time. We celebrate Christmas all the time because we're grateful for what God has done. And so therefore, because we believe the word, believe the word of God and believe in what God has said, we are allowed and believe in celebrating Christ all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So the Lord told Ezekiel, he said, listen, he said, I will accept you with your sweet savior. When you bring, when I bring you out, I have brought you out. When I bring you out, the Israelites were in captivity. The remnant was yet in captivity. And the Lord said, I'm going to bring them out. Now, I want you to understand something here, because as we have traveled through this 20th chapter, you know, as, as Ezekiel ministers the word of God, it's pretty heavy. It's a hard thing that he deals with because he's expressing the emotions, the opinion, the, the, the thing that affected God, that impacted God. The, the, the fact that God looked at Israel and said, look, you didn't just do the things that other people were doing around you, but you went even past what they were doing. You went beyond the very thing that they were doing. And it was very offensive to me. But yet at the same time, in God's judgment and bringing them into captivity, God drops a word in the middle of all of it. Bless you, Lord Jesus. 
He drops a word right there in the midst of why everybody is suffering and dealing with the things that they're dealing with uh, because of their offensive to God. He drops a word there for the remnant. Now, now, see, you've got to pay attention. See, going to church is not just going to church. We go to hear the word of God. We go to, to become a collective body and giving one voice and one praise unto God as the local assembly and bless your Lord Jesus. And so the Lord drops a word there. Ezekiel has just finished expressing God's uh, wrath and disappointment. But yet in the middle of all of that, God drops a word. He drops something there. Listen, when God drops a word, the Bible tells us in Matthews 11 and 15, it says, he that have an ear, let him hear. Mark 4 and 23 says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Somebody is not hearing what God is saying. Somebody has turned a deaf ear. Somebody has decided, that, yeah, and I'll take all of that. Somebody has decided in their mind that, you know what, I've heard it all before. You know, I heard them say that. I heard the preacher say that. I, but listen, there is a difference in receiving a word, the letter of the law, and receiving the spirit of the law. Now, what a lot of people receive and hear is the letter of the law, but they did not get the spirit in which it was being administered in. Because the carnal mind fight against those things that are spiritual, and so therefore they miss out. So in, in order to have an ear to hear, you have to be determined. In order to have an ear to hear, you have to make up in your mind and say, you know what? I'm going to hear what God has said. I'm going to listen attentively. I'm going to tune my ears in like a sonic radar, and I'm going to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. If any man have an ear, let him hear. Habakkuk 2 and 20 says, the Lord is in his temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. The Lord is in his temple. Let everybody be quiet. Don't you know that includes the preacher too? Uh, yeah, let me tell you, the preacher also has to be quiet because the Bible tells us that the preacher is supposed to sit down and be attentive to what God is saying and hear what God is saying. When God drops the word, he drops it on the preacher first. When God drops the word, he drops it on the evangelist first. When God drops the word, oh, bless your Lord God. Mm, yes, let me help somebody here. God can drop the word simultaneously to everybody, but then he assigns the minister to get up and exhort that word and you sit back and, or you get excited and say God just gave me that I heard that earlier today I just had that conversation with somebody I, I just spoke with somebody on the phone about that we were just rejoicing over that we were just talking about that but God dropped the word and it splashed every place you need to understand that so the minister's job is to hear the word as it drops the minister's job is to be uh, soaked by the splash that goes on. The minister's job is to reiterate the fact that God has dropped the word. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. You can miss the bus. You can miss the train. You can miss the plane. Be late for work to the movies or to meet that special someone. But when God drops a word, you don't want to miss it. Ezekiel had that task a burden of responsibility that had traveled down from generation to generation. Studying the book of Ezekiel make you sit back and take notice to the heart of God, the passion and his concerns. The Lord told him again, he said, listen, I want you to know 
And I need you to get this tonight. That your offering, what you present to God, when you stop to, to tune in to, to inside the pages and listen to the word of God, God is listening back. God is looking. God is taking notice. Hmm. They stopped what they were doing. You could have been watching the TV show. You could have been off somewhere listening to some other music. You could have been uh, in the kitchen cooking or, or maybe you are, but you're listening to it. In other words, when you become attentive to what God is saying, don't you know that God is attentive to you too? Listen, let me give you a scripture for that. The Bible says, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh unto you. The closer you move toward God, the closer you are to him, the closer he is to you. Bless your Lord Jesus. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, let the people know because somebody has, has given an offering. Let the people know somebody has set aside the first fruits of our blessing. Let the people know that holy thing, uh huh, that thing that maybe they did it and they didn't consider it as being a holy thing. Maybe it was just cleaning up the church. Maybe it was just vacuuming. Maybe it was just dusting. Maybe it was just just clearing their throat because they wanted to give an audible praise to God. Maybe it was just the clapping of their hands or the stumping of their feet. Maybe it was just playing the drums or, or hitting a few keys on the piano. And, uh, you know, whatever it was, God said, I want you to know that holy thing. God refers to it as a holy thing. Getting when you come to church early and you're there just to set up because you want to make sure that the audible is right. Uh, so that no, that so that the service can go on with as minimal, uh, has minimal distraction, minimal as possible. That holy thing that you just did when you set your mind and prepare your heart, when you light the fire to go in and to present the sacrifice. That holy thing, that thing that you don't think about. I know the Bible tells us to beware of nothing, but I want you to understand something tonight that there is a something about the nothing, but that I don't want to dwell on the nothing. I just want you to know that some of the things that we count as being nothing is really something. And in this instance, God is calling it a holy thing. Bless your Lord God. Let the people know that holy thing. Now, remember, bear in mind, God is talking to a people that are yet surrounded by a bunch of stuff that's going on around them. There are things, there are concerns, there are things that's going on. And God is yet dropping a word for those listening. Those that are seeking good, he's dropping a word. Those that are not practicing evil, he's dropping a word. Those that live according to his word, he's dropping another word for you. The Lord has dropped his word. He said, I will be with you as you have spoken. Now, I want you to get something there. God said, I'll be with you as you have spoken because you have committed your heart. I, I like talking about that holy thing. It just, just bear with me and my folly. But because you have committed that holy thing unto the Lord that, uh, that, that covers and embodies so much because you have committed that holy thing, it provokes you, it causes you to talk about him. Now, sometimes you're talking about the Lord in your general conversation and people get a little annoyed because they're, why, why are they always talking about Jesus? It's because he's my Lord. He's my Savior and he keeps doing great things for me. I thought you believe, don't you believe that he keep doing great things for you? We can talk about the Rams. We can talk about New England Patriots. We can talk about the Lakers. We can talk about the Oklahoma Thunder. We can talk about uh, uh, San Francisco and Seattle Seahawks. We can talk about all those things. I don't mind talking about those things, but there's something more precious in my heart that may, that's even precious in some of their heart, and that is the Lord. To let you know that the Lord is 
not just concerned, but the Lord has accepted that holy thing. What is that holy thing? That holy thing, that thing that that resides within your heart, that causes you to to pull a praise out of the depths of your heart, the pull of praise out of your belly, that thing that causes you to set aside for the Lord yourself substance to set aside for the Lord, your mind to set aside for the Lord. That thing that causes you to say that that makes you say, as Joshua said, that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Everything about me is going to be about God. Listen, the Lord said for those listening, for those seeking, those that are in the midst of the trouble, those that are in the midst of the turmoil, the turbulence that's going on. See, uh, saints, we're in some some uh, what we can consider some turbulent times, uh, uh, chaotic times, disorder uh, characterized by conflict, uh, conflict from the from the head, from the top, uh, uh, from the, the West Coast to the East Coast uh, globally, where governments and, and head leaders can't decide, don't know what to do. There is conflict going on. Time of war is considered a turbulent time for a country. Relocating a family can be a turbulent time. Enduring a divorce is a turbulent time. Overcoming an addiction is a turbulent time. Dealing with global events is a turbulent time. But even in the turbulent time that Israel was dealing with, because they had to deal with it because of who they were and what they were doing, but yet there was a remnant. Aren't you glad you are part of the remnant? Aren't you glad you are part of those that say, you know what, it does take all of that. I like what my godmother said. She said, I'd rather that to do all of this and then find out that it didn't take all of that than to not do it and find out that it was required. Let me say that again. My godmother said, you know what? I want you to understand something. That I'm doing all of this. And you might say it don't take all of that. But I'd rather do all of this and find out from God that it wasn't required than to stand before God and find out that it was. Bless your Lord. Amos, the fifth chapter, the 14th verse, the 15th verse, told you I'm not going to be long tonight. I just want to encourage your heart that in the midst of turbulence, in the midst of the time that there's yet a, a word of peace, in the midst of all that's going on, God yet knows how to drop a word in the eye of the tornado. In the midst of all that's going on, when everybody else is running around making a loud noise, God comes by with a still small voice and leave a word for you. That in the midst of everything else, God knows how to drop a word and he has dropped one. God has dropped a word and he said, your offering, your first. Now, remember, remember, they're in captivity, but there's somebody in that captivity. There's somebody that's on the shutdown. There's somebody that's being held hostage. There's somebody that can't move and go to the east, the right, to the left, go north, south or any place else they want to go because of the requirements, because of what's going on. But yet God has dropped a word just for you. To say that your offering, huh? Let me tell you what makes your offering special. Ah, let me tell you what makes your offering special. Uh, Amos 5 14 through 
through 15. It says, the Lord is speaking and he says, seek good and not evil that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts shall be with you as ye have spoken, hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in thy gate. In your home, there should be judgment. Judging righteously. Judge, you know, when you pray, Lord, help me to judge the situation correctly. Help me have good balance. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph, the remnant of Israel. Why? Why did God look at and say, you know what? Uh, uh, now, this is Amos speaking this, but yet it's already in God's heart and God is already pronouncing it. When God dropped the word to Ezekiel, God was looking at the heart of those that were seeking good. He was looking at the heart of those that was rejecting evil, those that was living by his word. The Lord gave statutes. He gave judgments unto Israel that if a man should live, should do them, he shall live in them. And there were those that received the judgment, received the statutes, looked at the Sabbath day and say, ah, uh, you know, nah, I think I'm going to stay home and do this today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to watch the game tonight. I, uh, you know, mm, I, I just can't do that. And so they excused themselves from the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath was important because God said it is a covenant. Now, I want you to get this. The Sabbath, the time that you make for you and God, the personal devotion that you have with God is because of the covenant. I want you to embrace that. I want you to hear this. I want you to understand that the covenant is within the Sabbath. In other words, the dedicated time that I give to God, God fulfills a covenant. Mm. Let me say this. Let me put it this way. The Lord, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said, if you go into your closet and pray secretly, I'll reward you openly. You don't have to pray in front of everybody. We're, we don't have to act like the scribes and Pharisees. We don't have to walk around. I love just walking around in jeans and, and just regular clothes and stuff so that when people see me, they don't know me unless unless it's just the spirit of God that reveals it to them. Uh, but but uh, just walking around, just looking like everybody so that it, so that you're approachable, that you just look like everybody so that you can blend in and talk to people and just have a conversation and, and so the God said, listen, uh, the Pharisees and them would stand and, and look like they praying. They wore their garments and they wanted everybody to know who they were in the marketplace. But you, you, mm -hmm, you, you, the, the holy thing. God said that when you pray in secret, the covenant, I want you to get this, the covenant. God has made a covenant uh, regarding your togetherness. He said that when you pray in secret, I will reward you openly. God said, you don't have to make a show of things because I'm going to reward you. He said that holy thing. Let me go back to that. That holy thing, the first fruits, the offering, the thing that you present to God when you're in that secret place. It is because you're presenting that holy thing unto the Lord. It's a secret place because nobody knows what you're doing. I've just gone in the room and I've said, you know what, children, don't disturb me right now. I've just gone in the room and I've just closed the door. Uh, you know, it don't even have to be anybody's house, but I just want to walk around the house praying and, and seeking God. And, uh, you know, or maybe I just want to go in the room and close the door. And, you know, I just want to go in a corner and sit down and, and just be quiet and talk to God because God made a covenant. And Israel missed out some of them. Some of the children of Israel missed out because God told them, he said, I gave you my statutes. I gave you my judgments. I gave you the Sabbath as a covenant so that people will know. 
There's something that God wants others to know. There is a demonstrative display that God wants to present through your life, through you. It could uh, bless you, Lord God. It's not just the job. I, I got a job today. And, you know, God, it's not just the job. It's more than that, because at the shadow of Peter, people were healed. Just at the word, you might be getting ready to say something out of emotional. And God gives you the right word to say. And when you open your mouth up, that word comes out and it changes the entire situation. Oh, bless your Lord Jesus. God said, as a covenant, a promise that I've made between you and I, that as you keep the Sabbath, you keep our devotion, you keep our time together, that I will put you on display. Now, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close out. Because the Lord told Israel, he said, I'm going to accept your sweet savior. From this moment, you need to think about this. That God has said, I'm accepting you. I'm accepting that holy thing that you do. Uh, I'm accepting your sweet savior, what you have presented. You brought, I'm bringing you out from the people that are corrupt around you. I'm bringing you out of that situation. I'm going to gather you into the place that I have, the, into the countries wherein you've been scattered. I'm going to gather you together. And I'm going to be sanctified in you. I want to encourage the church and others that you're sanctified. You have been set apart for the purpose of the Lord. Now, many people know this and they don't embrace it entirely. They embrace it by words. And you don't want to find yourself in a situation and then realize, man, I can feel the difference of not being holy and being holy. Embrace the fact that God has said you are, you have a holy thing that I have accepted. Now I'm going to go as far as to say this tonight. That holy thing is already planted in you and it has been in you and has been working in you. The Bible tells us that the 24 elders, the elders, the 24 elders, they would go they would go into the presence of God and the Bible said they would take their crowns off and they would lay them in his presence because they were humble to be in his presence, that holy thing they were presenting, their hearts, their soul, they were pouring out to God. How did the crowns get back on their head for them to keep taking them off? I'm going to leave that as an open-ended question as our singers Minister of Music is, is coming back to close us out. Bless you, Jesus. But I want you to think about that, that holy thing, that holy thing. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you for your word, your, your mercy tonight, Lord God. And we pray and ask that you would continue to watch over and keep us, Lord God, and to bless each one, again, our listeners. Thank God for you. And certainly, uh, Lord, if there's any that are sick among us, you are the healer, Lord Jesus, and whatever medication they might be taking, bless it to work effectively as it is designed to without side effects. Lord, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus.
I just want to encourage you, if you haven't committed yourself unto the Lord, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, you want to unite yourself with the church of truth and power and be baptized for your serving of your soul. Bless you, Jesus. Again, this is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church. We'll be back on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, to minister the word of God. We know that this, uh, this weekend is Easter weekend. And, and certainly, as I said, we celebrate Jesus and we'll continue to celebrate him even more and more as we come into new enlightenments and, and just appreciation for what God has done. Bless you.